Hi folks, it's FPL General here recording another episode of my 59th Minute FPL podcast. Recording on Tuesday, August 20th, so we're in between game weeks 2 and 3. So going to follow a similar structure to last week's podcast, start with a review of the game week, talk about my watch list, a couple of players I've added this week, a couple of players I've removed, take 4 or 5 questions from Twitter, which covers some of the main talking points this week, and then finish off with talking about the captaincy for the weekend and talking about my transfers as well. So I have made some early moves, which I very rarely do, but the the FPL market is absolutely bonkers these days with so many so many active managers at the start of the season making transfers, you know, driving prices up and down. So I was forced to act early which I don't like doing because if I waited, I was at risk of not getting my targets this week. So I'll talk about those at the end of the podcast. So no, there's no 59 minute, 59th minute shoutouts this week. So we're still waiting for, still waiting for the first one of the season. Two game weeks gone. Nobody has been hauled off in the dreaded 59th minute. The only noticeable, uh, notable mention this week goes to Sheffield United's Callum Robinson. I know quite a few people took a punt on him at the start of the season. Hasn't worked out. He went off injured after 56 minutes, so just shy of the 60-minute mark. So very frustrating for his owners, getting one point and also probably needs to be transferred out now because of that injury. So moving into the review of game week two, don't want to dwell on this too long because it wasn't great. I scored 41, which was uh, bang on the average. The average was 41. The only players who got me points were Lucas Dean, who got 11 and, and went off with a, with a slight injury worry. So hopefully he's going to be okay for Friday. Uh, Raheem Sterling, six points. Uh, got a yellow card again, which was, which was frustrating. And Callum Wilson, my, my old foe, uh, got got his second assist of the season. So obviously happy to get that. But I'm still yet to still yet to experience a Callum Wilson goal in FPL despite owning him. I'd say I've owned him at least four or five different times now over the last couple of seasons. And I'm still he's still never scored a goal for me. So uh, surprise, surprise, he, he's one of the guys who's getting chopped this week. So anyone who does have him, you can thank me later when he when he scores against Man City. Watch watch him score against Man City now at the weekend to wipe out my Sinchenko clean sheet. It's just written in the stars, and he'll he'll do his little he'll do his little salute celebration as well just to rub it in. As I said, those three were the only players who brought in any points for me. So a lot of disappointments across the board. Uh, first captaincy blank of the season in Salah. I know a lot of people suffered the same fate there. Had a very good chance that you would expect him to put away, which was frustrating. Uh, disappointing performances again from Fraser, Perez and Jota. Um, very disappointing those guys over the first two game weeks. Had high hopes for all three of them going into the season. And double Liverpool defence again. Adrian, man, what a nightmare. Costing us, costing me and, and costing a lot of people two clean sheets absolute clangor of, of a clearance hitting Danny Ng so very very frustrating there um at least though you know if you take if we, I think a lot of people are panicking now getting rid of Liverpool defenders but you know if you take away that massive mistake it was two clean sheets and completely different narrative there then so I'm I'm, I'm happy enough at the moment to 
I'm not in a rush to move away from double Liverpool defence. Yes, they've got Arsenal this weekend, which is not ideal. I don't really, you know, I would expect Arsenal to score given you know the attacking players that they have. But after that, I think for Liverpool, I, I think it's Burnley and Newcastle then, uh, if memory serves me correctly. So on paper, two very good fixtures after Arsenal for clean sheets. So I'm happy enough to, to ride it out for a little bit longer, uh, the double Liverpool defence. Uh, Nick Pope was my goalkeeper, uh, conceded twice but still managed to get three points, that's all you can ask for from your 4.5 million goalkeeper, you know most goalkeepers in that scenario would probably only get one or two points but Pope gets three and you know every point counts, I think he got seven saves against Arsenal, uh, he, went up for the, he went up for a corner at the end of the game too which got me very excited, more more excited than it should have, um, I, was, I just had visions of Pope leaping Leaping like a salmon and, and sticking a header into the top corner in the last minute to, to you know for one of those legendary FPL moments, but it wasn't to be. But you know it was good. Good to see him in the box. You know he's not just a goalkeeper; he's a striker as well. So it's that's a bonus. Um, talking about bonus, he was very close again to getting a bonus. I think he was fourth. Uh, so the top three guys got bonus points. I think Pope was in fourth, so he almost sneaked a bonus point as well despite conceding two goals so again very happy with that pick start of the season and hopefully I'll be able to just to write him out for for 38 game weeks and he'll hopefully get around 150 points so Pope is going nowhere um I have to talk about my bench I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat as me uh the new darling of FPL John Lundstrom 4 million 14 points sitting as my my sub number one uh, not bitter about it whatsoever because I never once considered starting him this week. You know, it would have been different if I was 50-50 between Lundstrom and somebody else uh, going into the game week. But never once did I consider starting him. So it can't be better about those points. Just happy to own him now. I think he's gone up to 4.1. So got myself a good asset there, hopefully for the season. Watching Sheffield United on Sunday, very impressed by Lundstrom. You know, aside from the goal, I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch. So I think, you know, it, I think he should be pretty safe in that in that starting eleven. Now I know there was a lot of doubts. Uh, you know, even a lot of Sheffield United fans had doubts about him going into the season and even going into game week two. But I think, given that performance from what I seen at the weekend, to me he looks pretty safe. So as I say, just happy to have him, and he's an option any any week. He's got a you know a decent fixture you know at home. I think you you can just play him, and he could get you attacking returns as well as as a clean sheet. So he's a little gem. So hopefully he he keeps his place. Right, that's enough about game week two. Hopefully. Hopefully, game week three will be will be much better. I knew I knew going into game week two that was going to happen. It, it so often happens in FPL. If if game week one is high scoring, the next game week brings you back down to earth. So I, I was fully expecting a, a you know a quiet game week two. So hopefully hopefully game week three will will have a have another big one now. Moving on to my watch list now. So again, this is something I update each week after after I've watched every game I want to watch and watching the highlights and looking at stats and stuff like that. So. Um, I'm going to talk about five players I've added to the watch list this week and five players I've removed as well. So this is something I'll try and do every week, you know, maybe five five added and five removed. Um, you know, later in the season it gets smaller, so maybe, maybe three I've added and three I've removed. But to begin with, the guys who impressed me in game week two and who are now on my radar, the young kid Todd Cantwell at Norwich, uh, 4.5 million midfielder, two assists. 
He's he's posting some very good underlying stats as well. So I think he could. I don't want to say I don't want to say he's the best 4.5 million midfielder yet, but it looks like he definitely could be if he keeps his place in that team, which looks like he will because of the guy Hernandez um, having having some kind of accident at home, falling down the stairs or something like that, and did his knee who and needs surgery. So it looks like Cantwell. Uh, should be safe and given how well he's played in the first two games I think he will be safe so very good option I think anyone who's on a wild card uh, Cantwell's the 4.5 million midfielder I'd go for another guy who was uh, very impressive at the weekend Caballos at Arsenal this was the first time I've, I've seen this guy play he's on loan from Real Madrid as far as I know 5.6 million now he's gone up uh, point one since the weekend, and it's no surprise he got the assist. He got two assists in the game, uh, taking a lot of set pieces. You know, getting on the ball as often as possible. Lots of touches in the final third, um, and just probably one of the best debuts I've ever seen from a player in the Premier League. He was just outstanding in that game. Um, so definitely on my radar. I do have a few worries though. You know, is he? Is you know, the main worry is Emery. You know, we know Emery is very unpredictable. In his team lineups, uh, and he's got lots of options there in midfield. Um, you know the likes of Xhaka. I don't think Xhaka played the weekend. Torreira didn't start either. I don't think Ozil hasn't played yet. So there's lots of options there, and you, you because he's a lone player, it just puts that you know plants that seed of doubt in my mind as well that maybe he's more likely to to be rested than than others. But you know going going on the weekend's performance, he should be in that starting eleven week in week out. Uh, he's top class. So it's for me, it's just a wait and see on Caballos. Uh, the fixtures are tough enough for Arsenal in the next couple of games as well. So I'm happy enough just to wait on him, stick him on the watch list and watch him closely over the next game or two. Um, but definitely promising signs here. He could be a, he could be a, a budget gem this season. Another possible uh, budget gem uh, at Chelsea, Mason Mount, six million. He impressed big time in that Leicester game. Probably the best player on the pitch in my opinion. Uh, definitely in the Chelsea shirt anyway. What, what I like about Mount is a couple of things. I like the fact that he's played 90 minutes in the first two games. That tells me that Lampard is a big fan. Uh, Lampard had him at Derby last season as well. So there's definitely something there between the two of them. There's, you know, I definitely think Lampard you know, wants him in the team every week. Uh, I also like the fact that he was commanding all of the set pieces, you know, corners and, and you know, indirect free kicks as well. So there's lots of assist potential there. Obviously, he took his goal very well, pressed pressed, pressed high uh, and a great finish when he nicked it off. Um, who was it? Indeedy, I think, made the mistake. But yeah, Mason Mount, 6 million. I think he's, uh, again, if I was on wildcard this week, I think he'd be in there. I think he's the best of the Chelsea options now in, in attack. So definitely one to keep an eye on as well. Great fixtures for Chelsea next couple of weeks as well, so it could be worth getting on him now. Uh, a defender now that I've added to the watch list, uh, Everton have been churning out the clean sheets. I think I read somewhere today that they've kept 10 clean sheets in their last 13 home games. I need to double-check that stat, but very impressive. Whatever the figures are, they've been churning out clean sheets. It's, it's hard to get your head around because I've always... And I know a lot of people as well. I've always associated with Marco Silva team struggling to keep clean sheets, and they've completely flipped that on its head now. And and they're so solid, especially at home. Um, so I'm very happy I went with Lucas Dean in game week one. Hopefully he's a he's a season keeper. Um, but another another one that's caught my eye is Yerry Mina. Uh, he you know he had a very frustrating season last season with injury, only got a handful of games. Now that Zuma's gone back to Chelsea, he's 
he's he's got the he's made the centre back place his own alongside Michael Keane. What I like about Mina is he seems to be getting bonus, doing well in the bonus. He's he got three bonus game week one and he got one bonus in game week two. So when Everton are keeping clean sheets, Mina is is performing very well in that sense. And he's he's a huge goal threat. We know that from his especially from his international record. I think he got three or four goals for Colombia in the World Cup last year. So it's you know, part of me, I did consider, uh, I did consider double Everton defence in game week one, but it was Coleman I was looking at rather than Mina. But I, I definitely do think, you know, Everton still have great fixtures. Uh, I think for people who are losing faith in Liverpool, you know, a lot of people are looking at maybe Emerson as a defender or Man United defenders. But I think you should uh, include Mina in your thoughts as well uh, if you are looking for a new defender. Last one I'll talk about here uh, for the watch list. You know, added to the watch list this week, Sadio Mane. I, I've already got three Liverpool players. I've got Trent, I've got Robertson, I've got Salah, and I'm pretty happy with those three for the moment. I usually don't add players to the watch list. You know, if I've already got three players from that player's team, but I've made an exception for Mane this week. He's. I just get the feeling. I just get the feeling that he could go very close to matching Salah again this season. Uh, and there's a million price difference but I don't feel there is one million difference in the, in the minute watching watching you know admittedly I didn't watch 90 minutes of the Liverpool game at the weekend but watching the highlights what impressed me most about Manny was not his goal yes it was a great goal we know he, we know he can score goals but it was how much he was creating last season he only got three assists which is absolutely ridiculous playing in that Liverpool team just to get three assists I'm pretty sure if I, if I played on the left wing for Liverpool as awful as I am, I would still manage to get more than three assists, given just the quality of players that are around me. Um, so I fully expect Manny to get a lot more assists than he did uh, last season. Um, he got the assist for Firmino's goal. Uh, he created a few other very good chances as well. He created a very good chance for for Salah. So that would have been another assist if Salah had to finish that one. Um, so I really like Manny. Uh, I've got a question about him later, so, so I'll come back to him. A couple of players that I have removed from the watch list now. I just usually I remove players from the watch list if they've got an injury, if they're out of form, if their team's not looking good. So a variety of reasons really. Uh, Kiko Femenia is the first one. Quite simply, Watford don't look like keeping any clean sheets, so no interest there. Lucas Mora I've removed as well. Don't like the fact he was benched in game week two, even though he got his goal. Any given week he could be a substitute, which I don't want for my FPL player. So he's out the window for me now. Wilfred Zaha, Palace were absolutely dreadful at the weekend. Probably the worst team performance I've seen this season in the league. So got zero interest in Crystal Palace, zero interest in Wilfred Zaha for the moment. To watching him, attitude doesn't look good. He he looks, I mean, he's always looked like an angry man. To be fair, but watching him in that Sheffield United game, he was he was he was given those scary eyes to to a lot of the the Sheffield United defenders that were kicking him, and I, I actually feared for them. I thought he was just going to absolutely go berserk. At one point, so looking at him at the weekend, to me, he feels like a red card waiting to happen. We know over the seasons as well, he he gets quite a lot of yellow cards. He get he doesn't take he doesn't take the kicks very well. Gets frustrated and ends up kicking out himself. So no interest in Zaha, no interest in Palace until they show signs of improvement. Uh, another one I've removed out of rage as a United fan is Paul Pogba after he missed. Uh, another penalty. I mean, his record is absolutely. I think I seen a stat in Sky Sports last night that he's. Got, I think his his penalty success rate is something like thirty six percent. It's one of the lowest in Premier League history. I think Juan Pablo Angel is is the worst, uh, if I remember correctly. So 
Pogba, Rashford, who is the penalty taker? Uh, we Solskjaer was asked after the game, you know, what's the story with penalties? And, and he basically said Rashford and Pogba are both designated penalty takers. He didn't specifically say that they're the only two, so there could be others as well. Um, but I mean, Rashford should just be the penalty taker. He's far better at them. Scored last week. Very frustrating. You know, we would have had three points last night if Rashford took that penalty and, and scored it. So, very frustrating as a fan. Uh, and Pogba, I don't really want him as an FPL player if he's unlikely to be on penalties, which I think it is unlikely uh, unlikely now after he missed missed another one. So, no interest in Pogba. Much much more interested in, in Rashford or Martial when it comes to to Man United attackers. Last one I've removed this week, Jamie Vardy, just not justifying his price tag at the moment. He's about nine million. He's been very disappointing in the first two game weeks. He does have two, you know, better fixtures coming up, so patience could be rewarded for anyone who does have him. But I'm definitely not looking to bring him in anytime soon. So he's gone from my watch list uh, for the time being. Moving into some questions now from Twitter. Thanks to all who sent them in. I've picked out five of the best ones. First one is from Tom Jeffrey. Uh, Tom asks, if I was wildcarding in the next few weeks, would I replace Salah with Manny? Without having given this too much thought, I think my answer is probably yes. Uh, I'll talk about my transfer soon, but I came very close to activating my wildcard on Sunday night and on Monday night after the United game. Um, I had a quick play around with a wildcard squad just to see what it would look like if I did do it. And Manny, Manny was in it at the expense of Salah just to free up that one million for elsewhere. Um, I think, I think the midfield I had in that wildcard draft was something like Sterling, De Bruyne, Manny. Martial and Mason Mount so it was a power power five in midfield so I think if I was wildcarding this week that's the kind of midfield setup I'd be looking at and and Salah just you know fell out fell out of that because of of budget reasons yeah I think Manny's an excellent option and I think a lot of people whether it's this week on a wildcard or whenever the wildcard does come for 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 the rest of us that that will be a question we'll be asking ourselves no matter what happens in the next couple of games um, I think Salah versus Manny, just like last season, I think we're going to be asking that question all season. Um, so I, I really do like Manny. Uh, and I just have this gut feeling that he's the one I would rather have at the minute. But again, that could all change. Salah could go out and bang a hat-trick against Arsenal, uh, Manny blanks, and then the tables are completely flipped again. So I think whichever one you've got, I think you just trust them for the time being and maybe give it another couple of weeks to make a to make a more you know finalised call on those two for, for the season. Uh, next question is from Daryl B. Uh, good question here. Is getting on Pookie chasing points? So Pookie is one of the most transferred in players this week. No surprise after scoring four goals in his opening two games. Um, is it chasing points? Uh, part of it probably is, but I think it's justified given from what I've seen anyway. I watched. I didn't watch the... I didn't watch 90 minutes against Newcastle, but I did watch 90 minutes of Liverpool-Norwich in game week one. And, and right away, I just thought, that's a guy I want in my FPL team this season. He just looks the real deal. Looks like a, a classy striker who could easily you know, score upwards of 15-plus goals easy, uh, given what he's done last season. I just, like, I just like the way Norwich build everything towards him. 
Um, and you know, looking at his underlying stats, he's posting really good stats in opening two games as well. Even though one of them was a tough fixture against Liverpool, so part of it obviously is chasing points. I think I think transferring in a player who's done well in the previous few weeks is always chasing points. But you're hoping that them points are going to continue, you know, trickling in. And and, and I do just get that feeling that Pookie could be this season's Jimenez. You know, that value striker that you just put in and you just leave for the rest of the season, hopefully. Yeah, and I've got him. I've got him in this week. He's he's one of my he's one of my transfers. He's replacing Callum Wilson. Um, the the worry, I guess, the, the counter argument for Pookie is fixtures. I think it's Chelsea next, then West Ham away and Man City. So not ideal when it's Chelsea yeah, and City in the next three. But he's short against Liverpool. He can score against anyone. Um, and Chelsea haven't exactly been watertight uh, you know I think what's had five goals conceded in the first two games so Pookie can definitely get something against Chelsea uh, West Ham I never trust them defensively so I can see him getting something there Man City you don't mind a blank there because you expect most players to blank uh, against City um, I just I just want to get on him now because I feel like he's a player I'm going to want anyway in a couple of weeks time and I don't want to pay 7.1 7.2 when I think I paid 6.7 for him this week. So it's just one of those, I don't, basically it's it's just quite simple, it's eye test. I watched I watched him, I want him, and now I've got him. No overthinking required. If you don't want him because of the fixtures, that's completely justified as well. Um, and who knows, he could go and blank the next couple of games, it, it just remains to be seen. But for me, I, I'm I'm in the camp of wanting him now, rather than, than getting him for, you know, paying more for him later. Next question is from FPL Spam. Uh, Spam asks, who is the best replacement for Ryan Fraser? I think the best replacement for Ryan Fraser, if you can afford it, is Martial. There's probably a 0.2 million price difference there now, so you're probably going to need some money in the bank, or maybe you're going to have to make two transfers to do that. But I think as a direct swap, Fraser to Martial just makes sense. You know, he's Martial's playing up front. Uh, for United, two goals in two games, great fixtures coming up. Again, it's not one to overthink. You just get Martial. He's a great, great asset. He's great. He's great price. Just get him. Forget about it. Um, it's it's really annoying me this week. Um, I can't get him basically. So I I I, I prioritise De Bruyne uh, over Martial this week. Um, I'm revealing all my transfers here before I get to the, the transfer section of the podcast, but it, but it's fine. Martial. He's right up there with one of the players I want most, but I, I, it really it came down to do I want him more or do I want De Bruyne more, and and I just feel I want De Bruyne more at this point, and hopefully then you know I'll be able to get Martial sooner rather than later. So again, you can't have them all unless you wildcard, and I'm just going to have to accept going without Martial for the next game or two, and and hopefully he stays quiet. He one of the most frustrating things last night I put a tweet up. I lost, me and my wife were doing a head-to-head league this season, she beat me in game week one, and we went into the United game last night, uh, I was five points clear, and she had Martial, and of course scored, and she beat me again, so she's she's six nil up in the league now, uh, and it's it's going to take a lot to, to claw that back, so that makes things worse, not only Martial, knowing that, knowing that she owns him, and every time he scores it, it hurts me in the, in the head-to-head league, so yeah, I think I think Martial's the best replacement for, Marci- for, for Fraser. Question from Oliver. Uh, Oliver asks, could you evaluate Trossard at Brighton? Um, uh, there's actually, I hope you can't hear them, there's actually a lot of seagulls 
outside my outside my window here when I'm trying to do the podcast making lots of noise. Maybe it's a sign that I should be getting a few seagulls in this week. Uh, or maybe maybe not. Um, Trossard Trossard I did add him to my watch list this week as well after a very impressive performance at the weekend. Uh, scored a great goal, had had a had a great goal disallowed as well. So on another day it would have been a brace if it wasn't for a, a VAR offside call. Really like the look at Trossard, but I do have worries about not him. It's it, it's like it's like Caballos as well. It's the manager Potter. We know from the past he rotates a lot. You know we've seen it in game week one. Trossard didn't start game week one, so maybe that's a sign of things to come. Maybe Trossard will miss out in certain fixtures for tactical reasons. So that puts me off him uh, until I see him maybe start four, five, six games consecutively. I'm happy. I'm happy to wait there, wait and watch. Um, but you know, if he is going to play every week, he looks he looks really good. Uh, last question I'll tackle is from FPL Cash. Uh, FPL Cash, if you've got any spare cash, can you send some my way, please? Uh, for for my transfers, I always seem to be to be short of cash when I'm looking to make moves. Cash asks, is Sterling a good enough set and forget captain for the next seven to eight game weeks? City don't play a top six time anytime soon. So yeah, I had a quick look at City's fixtures here and, and Cash is right. The, the next seven to eight fixtures are superb for Man City. I think the only real tricky one on paper is Everton away. I think that's around game week seven, I think it was. Um, so I, I do think Sterling is a set and forget captain. It's something I may end up doing myself. Um, you know, just sticking the armband on him now for the next five, six, seven, eight game weeks, and just hope he just keeps playing the way he's playing, uh, and and obviously, hopefully, he doesn't get benched by by the bald fraud. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's I think it's a good it could could be a good strategy. You just stick it on Sterling, and you don't even need to you know worry about it. I think if I was going away on on a two month holiday today, and I wasn't going to have any internet access for two months, that's what I would do: give the armband to Salah. In my in my bus team and just leave it there for the next two months. It's something I may end up doing. Uh, I think there's a couple of fixtures. Salah, I think Salah plays Newcastle at some point. I think it's at home, so it's going to be hard not to captain Salah in that one. But definitely uh, Sterling, sit and forget captain. Nothing wrong with that. I feel. I'll finish off now by talking about captaincy for the weekend and also just uh, talk through my transfers and, and why I've done them. Uh, captaincy first of all I put a poll on Twitter this week uh, sorry this morning uh, I put four options for captaincy I put Sterling I put Kane I put Salah and I put De Bruyne so at the time of recording there's been about 5,000 votes on that Sterling came out on top with 46% Kane was in second with 36% I actually thought I you know when I put the tweet up I thought Kane would come out on top in that poll but it's it's probably because a lot of people, there's probably more people voting on Twitter that own Sterling and maybe don't own Kane. So that probably does fluctuate the poll a little bit. Usually when I put up those tweets, I say, forget forget about who you own, who is the best captain. But I forgot to do that today. So that probably has a little effect on the poll there as well. So Sterling did come out on top with 46. Kane, 36. Salah got just 11%, which is understandable when he's playing Arsenal. And De Bruyne got just seven percent. Again, understandable when you know people find it very hard to trust De Bruyne with captaincy, especially me after doing it last season, and then he went down injured. So I'm not going to do that again anytime soon. I don't want to. I don't want to break him for everybody else, let alone myself. 
So yeah, I think it's it's a straight shootout this week for captaincy between Kane and Sterling. I'll be on Sterling because I don't have Kane. Easy choice against Bournemouth. I expect City to score at least three or four in that game against Bournemouth. So Sterling's an easy choice. Kane at home to Newcastle again. I think if you if you have him, it's an easy choice. But I think if you've got both, if you've got Sterling and Kane, then you've got a bit of a headache this week. Uh, just look what look what Timo Timo Pukki did against Newcastle. So what what could Harry Kane do? You know, but then is Harry Kane as good as Timo Pukki? Is the big question. Uh, but yeah, I think. I think if I was on Kane, if I had Kane this week, I'd be strongly considering him for for the armband. I think if you've got him and you don't captain and captain him at home to Newcastle, you know what's the point owning him uh, at all then? So again, I think the biggest decision for captaincy this week is people who own both Sterling and Kane. Right, my transfers. So as I said, this is a rare podcast where I'm able to tell you exactly what I've done because usually I keep my transfers until friday night but as i mentioned at the start of the podcast fpl the fpl market is absolutely bonkers in the early part of the season uh i don't like making early transfers but i was forced to do so this week so i've done a minus four i've got rid of wilson for pookie i've got rid of perez for super john mcginn and i've got rid of ryan fraser for the ginger prince kevin de bruyne so Really, these transfers were driven by De Bruyne. I watched the City game at the weekend and I put out a tweet. I said, there's nothing worse than watching De Bruyne in full flow when he's not in your FPL team. And I just decided there and then, I'm not going to watch another Man City game without having him. So he comes straight in this week. He was my number one priority over the likes of Martial and these kind of players that I also want. So De Bruyne came in, uh, Pookie came in for Wilson, you know, Wilson and Fraser are both gone, they play Man City next, Fraser's been very disappointing, so he's an easy switch, He's, it's, you know, it's easy to sell him, I think a lot of people will do that this week, uh, Wilson, it's, it's, Wilson is a player, really, if, if, you know, if you keep him long term, you will get the benefits, and, you know, he hasn't, he has got two assists, the first two game weeks, so it's not as if he's been blanking, uh, really, I think you know a lot of people. I think a lot of people will keep Wilson, even though he plays City. I think long term Wilson is still an excellent option, but quite simply, he just doesn't score goals when he's in my team. So I think I'm just going to cut ties and let everyone else enjoy the goals. As I said, watch him score against City at the weekend now. Um, but again, Wilson had to go really to to free up cash to get De Bruyne. So Pookie comes in. I think he's in, he's Pookie could easily match Wilson this season in terms of FPL points. So I, I don't mind making that switch. Uh, Perez left, so basically to get De Bruyne and Pukki, I had to, I had to free up zero point nine million. So I had two choices. I could have, I could have got rid of a Liverpool defender, which I didn't really want to do, particularly with those two fixtures coming up after the Arsenal game. I'm happy to stick with them for the time being. So the next option was Perez, and that was an easy one for me because, you know, I was tweeting tweeting during the summer that. I wasn't keen on him, and he he really kept finding his way into my drafts because of his price. You know, he's very conveniently priced at six point five million. There was nobody else around his price that I really liked. So for team structure reasons, he was he was just a, a nice you know piece of the jigsaw. You know, the last piece of the jigsaw almost uh, to go in there in midfield. And he, just watching him, he, he's been he's been disappointing in FPL terms. He just to me he doesn't he's not one hundred percent settled in that Leicester set up yet he's been taken off early in both games which i don't like um 
he did look much better in the second half against Chelsea. You know, on another day, he would have got on the end of Vardy's, you know, cross come shot, and it would be a different story then if he scored. You know, maybe I wouldn't be selling him this week, but I fully expect him to punish me as well. It's it's one of those. This is one of those weeks where the players you sell, there's a good chance they'll punish you. I think you know Perez plays Sheffield United. I think this weekend, so if he punishes me, I can take it because. At the end of the day, I didn't really want them game week one. You know, he only really went in there because of convenience. So I don't really mind if he hurts me because I don't really want them long term anyway. You know, maybe I'll come back to him in a couple of weeks' time if he starts banging in the goals. But I would much prefer have, you know, you know, being able to get Pookie and, and, and De Bruyne. I don't mind having to lose uh, Perez. Much easier to lose Perez than a Liverpool defender uh, for me this week. So I've brought in McGinn. I, I had a, I had exactly five point six million to replace Perez. So it was either it was either McGinn or Caballos. And you know, for the reasons I mentioned, I've got some doubts over Caballos. On the flip side, John McGinn is one hundred percent nailed in the team. He's got better fixtures than Caballos, and I just like his shoot on site policy. When he gets the ball, he has a pop. It doesn't matter where he is. So he's going to score goals. Uh, you know, great record last season as well. So. I'm hopeful that McGinn will be a nice little, a bit of a differential for the next couple of weeks, and hopefully he delivers in those in those nice fixtures. So, uh, looking at my team now for game week three, I'm much happier. You know, looking at the likes of McGinn, De Bruyne, and Pookie, rather than looking at Fraser and Wilson against City uh, and Perez, just annoying me looking at him. So, minus four going into game week three. Uh, I mentioned I was close to wildcarding. I just felt in the end the minus four was a better play for me this week. I went into the season, you know, not with a plan of when to play the wildcard, but I did. I did go into the season hoping to hold on to it a little bit longer than usual. You know, in the past I've probably averaged around maybe game week four or five when I've played it, but I'm hoping to be able to you know keep it a little bit longer this season. I just, I would just like more information you know two weeks is not a lot of information people are getting very excited after just two game weeks and yes it's you know it's proven in the past a lot of people play a wild card early game week three and they're very successful and i think a lot of people who do play it this week will be very successful as well um but for me it just didn't feel right i I, i'm pretty happy with my squad really overall you know i'm happy with my goalkeeper pope i'm happy i've got lundstrom all all those little things kind of contributed to me maybe just holding on to it that little bit longer um in the end looking at the wild card i felt that i would only really be playing it to get martial and maybe a united defender and maybe mason mount as well so Overall, I don't really think I would have been changing too much. You know, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been a complete overhaul of of my team. So in the end, you know, with a wild card, you'll always you always know when it feels right for your own team. And for me, it just didn't feel right this week. Um, but you know, I, I do think those who are wild carding this week will do well. Uh, obviously, if they if they pick the right player. So the only wild card advice I give to people is it's up to yourself. You know, you'll know if it's right or wrong for your team this week, next week, whenever. So. Don't listen to what others are doing. You know, don't not play it because I'm not playing it. Don't play it because you see other managers playing it. Do it because you want to play it or, or that you feel that it's right. And that's the only advice I would give. You know, you've it, it's a team-by-team team basis and it's completely up to you. Uh, before I wrap up, a couple of things to mention. Uh, FPLgeneral.com, there is 
eight match reports on the website now from game week two. Uh, Chelsea and Man United will be added hopefully today, if not tomorrow. So they're, they're match reports from season ticket holders who actually go and attend the game. Some really good information in those. Um, it really makes you think differently. You know, it makes you take off your your FPL glasses almost when you're reading them. It, it's good to hear from actual fans who are you know watching the team week in week out. So check them out at fplgeneral.com. I'll be doing them every week uh, over the course of the season. If you enjoyed this podcast, as always, please hit retweet, hit like, hit subscribe, leave a review. If you're on iTunes, it helps me get the podcast out there a little bit more. Um, if you want to hear more content from me every week, if you want to get two or three more podcasts each week, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. You'll find a link to that in my on my Twitter page. Um, recording, uh, I'm recording an episode of Fantasy Weekly tonight. James is away on holiday. Um, so I'm looking forward to recording with FPL Dave. FPL Dave uh, on Twitter. Give him a follow. FPL underscore Dave. Dave is a fellow. Uh, he lives. He lives in Glasgow, like myself. Uh, he he does a very good a very good FPL stream on Twitch. Uh, I tuned in to last week's stream and, and I, I I did a lot of laughing watching him. He's a funny guy. So I'm looking forward to stream uh, doing a podcast with Dave tonight. He'll probably end up doing a better job than than Tongan Loftus and taking his job. Hopefully, hopefully Tongan Loftus is listening to this podcast in Croatia and he hears that little dig. Um, but yeah, looking, we're recording tonight, so Wednesday at two p.m. The Fantasy Weekly podcast should be available for you as well if you want to listen to that one. As always, I'll be taking part in the Grand Weekend uh, tournament on Fantasy Bet this weekend. Fantasy Bet is a daily fantasy website with new tournaments every weekend. So this weekend, it's like playing a free hit in FPL, basically. Uh, you can pick a team just for Game Week 3. £5.50 to enter a team, and there's a sweet £2,500 up for grabs in that one. So if you're playing, as always, it is 18+, and begambleaware.org. That's it for this week's podcast, folks. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. And good luck in game week three. I'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode. Cheerio.